You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Is but really, it just, it's the perfect weather to wear a hoodie. You know, it was one of those days. It was, uh, you know, after the new year. And for me, I was, you know, in my home office rocking an NFT hoodie. And really just kind of assessing the fact that I kind of, in many cases, defeated what I thought was going to be possible. I remember putting my feet up on the desk, leaning back in my gamer chair, although one could argue I'm not really a gamer. And I remember just thinking about the idea of what does the future hold if I keep this up, if I keep going? I remember kind of laughing and, and kind of, you know, spinning around in the chair thinking about this idea of consistency and, you know, even questioning that if I gave up now or if I quit or I stopped doing this moving forward, would anyone even notice? And it was at that time that I kind of looked over at my phone. And as we do, as I got distracted down a rabbit hole of, you know, scrolling through my phone, I came upon a tweet and it was a tweet that wasn't an at mention, including me individually, but it was a tweet that was replying to our, our podcast account here. And I remember this feeling of of pride as I was reading it, this feeling of uh, accomplishment and just this feeling of the, this idea that, hey, wow, they get me. They understand what this is all about. And the tweet wasn't anything you know glowing or glaring, but really it was more of, of someone just saying, hey, after listening to this episode, I did this. And for me, it was in that moment that I kind of sat up, I put my feet off of the the desk, I, I moved forward and I decided, you know what? I can't give up. That's not an option. The only question now is what do I prioritize? What do I sacrifice so that we can keep going and move forward? For me, that day was January 14th, 2021. And it was just a day right around episode 62 that I went from questioning myself on, is this something I'm going to keep doing to really never looking back and recognizing that the future for me, at least 365 days of it was going to include creating this podcast. And part of that, and part of that, even that moral, that idea of opening up this way is that for me, so much of this is about the story. It's about the process. It's about the journey that we are all on. And I'll say over the weekend, the concept of storytelling NFTs became very trendy and lots of people were talking about it and sharing about it and, and lots of people were conveying what they kind of looked at as storytelling NFTs or the power of storytelling NFTs. And, and there's no doubt that storytelling is something that we must embrace, we must look forward to, we must understand. But I do question 
our our understanding or our, our beliefs or even the narrative around storytelling NFTs. I don't hear many people talking about the idea of storyboarding or story structure or even what does it mean to develop and design characters throughout a narrative. The importance of building something like present tense versus past tense and how that connects us emotionally different. So I'm going to break down some of that on this episode. I'm going to try not to go too down the geeky rabbit hole, but there is no promises in the storytelling realm. And I think the the reason I love storytelling and, and studying storytelling and understanding stories more so than anything else is that, you know, every st- time you tell a story, every story that is told, the variables and the parameters around that story are always changing. Therefore, the story and how we tell stories and the best way to tell stories is also always changing. But I do feel it's important for us to understand some of the the basics and some of the parameters around that. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. But before I get into that, give a shout out to our sponsor, Crypto Business Conference. We are getting closer. The countdown is on October 9th to the 11th in beautiful San Diego, California. The event is happening at the San Diego Convention Center. So uh, not only is this going to be a lot of fun and a big event, but, you know, single track event, excited to network and connect with so many of you. And of course, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, at the end of, of the podcast. The, the Mint 365 NFT that I wanted to throw back to is one that maybe for, for those that have been you know on OpenSea over the weekend uh, are familiar with, and it's the Renga Factory, Renga Team, R-E-N-G-A. And they not only took off with momentum over the weekend as they had their art reveal for their Renga boxes, but their, you know, the, the parent uh, project, the, the Dirty Robot Works, um, was one that kind of has been building for a long while. And for me, man, was it some cool validation because this shout out is to actually mint number 137, which we minted back on March 28th, which is called The Art of Seasons. And The Art of Seasons uh, is a collection of dynamic illustrations put together by uh, the Renga Factory and the artist Dirty Robot. And the reason I wanted to highlight that one is it is one that many people are are right now referencing as a great storytelling uh, NFT and an NFT that kind of gets the power of storytelling. And I know they a lot of people have kind of connected the dots to Jenkins, the valet, and then of course the the Renga uh, you know project and and that one. And you know when I first discovered that project and we minted it in our collection, I remember it, you know it was a mint that this was March. You know, as mint prices were starting to adjust, but it was a, a 0.16 uh, a mint or a 0.16 is what we ended up paying uh, for it. But the element of storytelling in this one to me was extremely powerful, but it was also unique. It was unique in the fact that, you know, the the characters within the story that they were sharing, the characters within the art that they were you know kind of pulling together were characters that were left a lot to the imagination. They were ones that not only um, allowed us to, um, you know, understand you know, or see ourselves in there, but the 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 collection itself was was going to be you know bearing other additional collections beyond it. So uh, I loved seeing that, that it's trending. I seeing the you know so many people talking about it, jumping into the project, and you know it's pretty cool to see that you know many months we we minted that in March uh, of this year, and it wasn't really until you know uh, let's just face it till September. 
uh, where that project started to get the the validation and the attention that I believe uh, it's deserved the whole time. And that actually kind of taps into one of the the first things that I want to kind of share around, you know, storytelling. And, and I really wanted to break it down in the sense of, you know, I think it's it's interesting when we think about storytelling because stories show up every aspect of our lives. And and one could argue most things that we remember, most experiences that we remember, the reason we remember them is either it was a great story that happened or we've actually told the story of it happening many, many times. And, you know, it's a good also reminder that there is a difference. You know, Shakespeare used stories, you know, to entertain Many, you know, sales and marketers use stories to sell or to capture attention. And you could even say many of those that were written, uh, you know, in you know, religious senses were using the, the power of stories to either, you know, empower audiences to shift their perspective or even just deliver good news. Uh, as one might argue that, you know, Jesus, the, the power of Jesus as a storyteller was more, he was using storytelling to spread good news uh, to all of those that would listen. And and so I think it's first important for us to recognize that component, right? That stories can be used in many different ways. Stories can be structured in many different ways, but stories can also show up in different ways. Now, that doesn't mean that every way of telling a story is right for every uh, you know, direct use case. And I think that's actually one that I think most NFT projects are struggling with right now because... It's one thing to have a story around the art or around the the uh, what you're symbolizing or what exists in the actual uh, you know the output of the NFTs, but that that art in many ways is only one of the touch points. And and one could argue there might be there probably is a ton of great storytelling NFTs where the art has amazing backstory, the character development of each purse, each, you know, uh, overlay or each property that is included in the, in the art is, uh, you know, something that really captivates us. But that doesn't mean that that is what that NFT project needed to succeed or what that NFT project should be thinking about around, uh, when it comes to, you know, that, that NFT drop and where storytelling, uh, fits in. So I'm gonna give you a couple things for us to think about when it comes to, uh, you know, storytelling around things to factor in. And, and I, and I think the other part of this is to remember is that, you know, there's many aspects of storytelling within an NFT business, right? You're telling the story of your team, which is one, you know, key component, right? And, and one could argue, you can tell that story of your team in a variety of different ways. Uh, I actually think that's where a lot of people miss the mark when it comes to, you know, someone that is undoxed, right? Someone that is not giving their their full name. There is a way to tell the story around the team building, the team structure, and how the team works together that doesn't require a resume or a background. Rather, it does require an element of character development, uh, you know, some storyboarding around, you know, how are we taking people on this journey? And and the beauty of this, and, you know, I think of it as Breaking Bad, right? For anyone that remembers uh, the, the TV show Breaking Bad, you know, where you start a story doesn't have to be the beginning. And for, for many, we forget that in storytelling when it comes to marketing or sales, but we know that's the case in great movies, great TV shows, you know, Breaking Bad didn't start off with us, you know, falling in love with a teacher and uh, a, a, kid, a kid that was running the streets. 
we were ultimately opened up into a scene of a you know drug dealer out of a RV and and really where we start a story can oftentimes you know captivate and lead us in directions that can be really the the difference between someone lean, leaning in versus someone leaning out and that's actually something that I want to just kind of tap into as well is that you know the narrative that we use and how we tell stories we must understand that in some cases what the how we build out a story will require or empower people to lean in, right? They're curious. They're excited. They want to learn more. They're, 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 they're unsure where this is going. But there are also aspects of a story that should require us to help people lean out, to take that deep breath. And that often kind of shows up in one of the key aspects of storytelling, and that's in building tension. And building tension means really that we have to remo- remove control and take away that, that need for certainty. Think about you know, the great TV shows or the great books that you've read or even a, a powerful TED Talk. Part of what they did to build that tension for you to continue watching or continue consuming was the fact that they understood that they needed to change where you thought it was going or remove the control that you had. And that building of tension is one of the you know, key aspects as far as storytelling that, that must be kind of leveraged and embraced. One of the other ones that is that is really the power of emotions and recognizing that you know, emotional connection. I, I believe we did a podcast episode of this way back in November of last year on you know, emotional marketing. And I, I give a keynote uh, called Digital Empathy. And a lot of what I focus on with the digital empathy keynote that I give is this idea of we have to understand that, you know, e- empathy in all intents and purposes of this, you know, is that it's not that we have to like somebody or we have to, um, you know, believe in that person to make to have empathy for someone. It's that we must be able to walk in their shoes, understand what they what things in their lives have impacted their decisions, their beliefs. And, and if we're able to you know, connect at that level, relate with what they've gone through, we can be empathetic even for those that we don't believe in or those that we you know, maybe aren't you know, big fans of. And I think that's an important component to remember because you know, empathy is just one of those emotions that we want to, you know, to recognize in storytelling. And, and within those emotions, you know, one of them can be fear. And, and the fear one, I think, is probably... We, one could argue slightly uh, overused in the NFT space, but we only use fear in the NFT space in one way, and that's the fear of missing out. But there also is that fear or that you know idea of what are the extreme results, either positive or negative, beyond just even the fear of missing out. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, for people understanding, for people to really have that lean-in feeling. The stakes that are involved, raising the stakes of a story or within a story is something that can be extremely powerful. And, and some projects have done that very well, right, where they're, they, they tell people that, you know, this time, at this time, you are no longer going to be able to do A and B or whatever that may be. But we also have to think about that in the raising the stakes of when we, someone says in their, in their storytelling of their NFT project that they've gone all in on Web3, well, what does that mean? That doesn't really, I don't really connect with all in because what does all in mean to your audience? But what if you, you told the story of the fact that you've tapped into your savings, you've given up your job that you've had for nine years, even though you have a newborn at home, and that you've just decided that you know, for the next six months that you are going to spend every waking minute doing nothing but this. And you realize that if you 
are not successful and this is not something that ends up being, you know, the path that you hope for, then you're going to have to go back and take that entry level job that you got eight years ago because of the risk and the idea that you jumped ship when you did, right? The idea of, of connecting those, those heightened stakes is an important component of, of storytelling. Another important component is the idea of loops or opening different loops within a story. And, you know, I would argue that's why Game of Thrones is so powerful. And so, uh, you know, really, you know, it does an amazing job of both opening loops forward as well as opening loops backwards. And what I mean by opening loops, for those that are kind of trying to wrap their head around that, right, it's the idea of, of leading people and giving people information or narrative without giving everything away. And in some cases, planting certain seeds that at the moment of time when you're consuming that, they don't really have much value or much, they don't hold much weight. But down the road, you start to recognize that there are certain things that you, you recognized you know, many days ago, many weeks ago, many months ago, that now help you better understand where we're at today. Now, I think for NFT project, this is where things can get, we, we sometimes will, rather than opening a loop, we will open chaos. And what I mean by that is we will add too much confusion, too much, you know, too many things at one time being dropped or being introduced into the, the ecosystem rather than us recognizing that, you know, we don't have to, to provide all of that information. Rather, if we open the loop, we hint to what the future holds and we hold back some of that information that either we don't know at the moment or isn't really that important to you know, where people are you know, making decisions today. It can be really powerful. And it also is something that allows your audience to keep guessing and, and in many cases allows them to kind of lean forward and, and look forward to what is you know, happening as we move forward. Now, all of, you know, all of those pieces that I kind of just went through there, a lot of that can be you know, leveraged or embraced in, in many different ways. But if you're... If you're trying to think about, like, if I was going to give you three things to factor in to you're not only being great storytellers, but understanding, you know, the some key components in storytelling, I'm going to give you three, uh, you know, things to think about right off the jump. And, and one of them might sound basic, but in most stories, you know, even even some movies that I watched recently, um, they they forgot this part of it. Right. And it's the idea that, you know, if you create or identify a problem within a story, you must solve that problem or at least lead people towards making the, the, the resolution themselves. And I think this is where sometimes if we, we in a story or in, even in a narrative, we, we give people some kind of inkling of the, of the problems that we solve, but we don't actually solve the problem for them or give them enough understanding to solve it themselves. And so solving problems and doing so within our, our storytelling can be one that can be extremely powerful. It's actually one that I use almost every single time I open up uh, a keynote at a, on stage. I, I try my best to open the story with helping the audience recognize a problem that we all have. And then my goal is by the end of my talk that they've either solved that problem themselves, recognize that that problem is probably more important or more uh, of a priority than they realized going in, or... I, I close the loop and solve that problem by giving them a solution that, that I believe will push them towards the next piece. So that's number one, the solving the problems. Number two is that inspiration for action. Within a story, giving people that, that notion of, okay, based on if you are coming with us on this journey and you're, you're, you're following along, 
if you're able to give people an ins- ins- you know that inspired to action, right? Press the damn button to move forward. So much of that can be the difference between someone coming back versus someone being like, well, that's great. That person's smart and that person knows what they're doing, but what does that mean for me? And I actually think about inspiration to action has a lot to do with relatability of our stories and how we tell stories in relatable factors. So that number two there is inspiring people to act. And then number three is one that unfortunately I think, and, and it's interesting for this because most of you know that I record the podcast with, with video, oftentimes live video, uh, so that we're, you know, I'm able to share the videos on YouTube. I'm able to take the audio and the podcast. We can transcribe it and put it into a, a blog post. But for this, this episode specifically, I chose only to use the medium of audio. Because I think when we think about storytelling, it's easy for us to recognize that we can tell stories leveraging and utilizing many different mediums. But if we don't understand how each medium conveys emotion or connection, we can oftentimes do us more harm than we can good. And so for me, in this way, I actually said, you know what, I don't want to be on video. I want to be in your ear holes. And I know no one really likes that visual, but hey, we're going to stick with that. Because I know As I've been sharing, as I've been talking through this entire episode, 20 minutes into the episode, is that for you as a listener, the only way for you to consume this is audio. Therefore, I know that you, at each example that I give, you are able to paint a visual picture based on your own experience, your own narrative. When I mentioned the words, you know, Breaking Bad, if I had a picture of Breaking Bad on the, the video... Your visual of Breaking Bad was what I decided it was as the content creator or storyteller. But in the audio form, by simply saying, hey, just like in Breaking Bad, they open the story in the middle, I'm allowing you, the audience that is consuming this, to paint the story or the visual of that with whatever you want to, however you you so choose. And, And for many of us, we are going to connect that to something that is important to us. And so the, the third one of those three that I'm giving is that it's communicating using all mediums, but more importantly, leveraging the mediums that make the most sense for that aspect of the story. And this is actually where I wanted to tie it back to Renga Factory and Renga, the, the mint that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, because I believe they've done this masterfully. And one could even argue Goblin Town and Truth Labs have done an amazing job of this, because in many cases... By saying nothing, but yet still communicating, you're actually telling a story and allowing the audience to come on that journey. They're building that tension and, and conveying messages that really are powerful. And I will tell you, you know, we minted that Dirty Robot Works uh, Art of Seasons back in March. And then you know, being airdropped a Renga box uh, a couple months later. And the most interesting part is that if anyone follows that Renga Twitter account... There was really never tweets that had words. They were simply art pieces. And in some times they were character development. Sometimes they were cartoon in, in their, in their uh, narrative. But there was no date of when this was going to reveal. There was no uh, you know, understanding, even within their Discord, of exactly how those boxes would be you know, leveraged moving forward. But because they continued to communicate a couple times a week, week over week over week and doing it in such a way 
what we started to do, and I, I was one of them that was guilty of it, was I turned on notifications of their tweets and I would read into each image that was posted on their Twitter account. And the beauty of that is if they had used words in those tweets, if they had, if they had set it up or they had, you know, started to like, you know, they even gave us a, a preamble, right? If they had said, we're just going to post images for the next three, three months, uh, you know, good luck figuring out what the, what these images mean. Well, that's a different way of connecting with us versus us recognizing over time that, wait a second, this one, this one image also had this in it. But now it's changed in colors, and now they seem to be moving towards more of a summer scene in some of the in some of the images. And so, this is where I actually think for you know when we look at you know NFT storytelling, and I know people you know give a lot of um, kudos to uh, Jenkins the valet, and, and you know Jenkins the valet. You know for those that aren't familiar with them, um, you know they Neil Strauss, who is uh, you know has wrote a, a novel, bored and dangerous. Uh, is part of the you know the the genius behind uh, the Jenkins the valet uh, the actual uh, NFT project and I will tell you the the beauty of that one is that the you know community helps create the characters that are featured in the novel and the illustrations that 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 Jenkins the valet is is conveying and if you follow that Twitter account I I, I saw a tweet this morning and it simply was the narrative from Jenkins being in jail. And his view through the the jail bars as you know that character, and it's so interesting on how we can leverage things like Twitter or Discord or video or audio or written form. But it's more important than ever to recognize all of those. You know, each one of those mediums will ultimately can be used in different ways. But it doesn't mean that everyone is a good fit for every every exact storytelling example. The last two things I want to highlight are that, you know, we also have to just recognize that there have been a lot of great studies on neurological, uh, really neurological, uh, you know, impacts and how we often look at things or convey things or even how the news, uh, you know, is structured for those that, you know, don't recognize, you know, different ways of storytelling. I will tell you that, you know, we all witness storytelling in ways that we never even realized we were being told a story. And part of that story happens at your local grocery store. I know you might be thinking, where the hell is Brian going here? But when you go into a store, when you go into a grocery store, it's not by accident what things are presented to you when you first enter the store. When you go to an aisle and there is an end cap to that aisle, there is not there's not an accident by how big the sign is for the price of the product that they put on the end aisle. In many cases, what they are invoking is different ways of getting us to either go down the aisle or buy what is on the end cap. And that is something that I think is extremely powerful. And I will tell you, it really wasn't until my dad, who owns a, a peanut brittle company, and he would tell me some of the, the strategies and, and components around you know, how things are put on shelves and how grocery stores are, are laid out and, and really where you know this whole journey um, is kind of taking people on. And you know, I went to IKEA this weekend, and you know, IKEA is pretty good at at storytelling because they put these arrows on the floor, and they make you walk through their entire store before you can get to the end and kind of and kind of get to the warehouse and check out. But people don't recognize that the story is also being told in the order that you walk through the store, right? The first thing you see versus the last thing that you see, 
And so that is actually something that we really have to kind of factor into, you know, storytelling framework, storyboarding. And then the other part I just throw out there is that I mentioned early that there are different types of story framework. And, you know, you have, for example, you know, the underdog story, right, where you can leverage that framework. And there is a direct framework on how you build, you know, characters and narrative around that. You have the Pixar framework, right, where Pixar, you know, you could literally just Google Pixar storyboard framework. And I think there's probably a thousand articles, podcast episodes where people break down the the Pixar, uh, you know, the Pixar framework. You know, another one is the is the story brand framework, which is a personal fr- uh, fan uh, that I'm a fan of because I, I've worked with, you know, some of those that have actually helped, you know, build that that story brand framework. And I've got to be on a couple of podcasts where we, we talked about that and kind of broke through a lot of those, you know, different components. But a lot of those frameworks come down to this idea of how do we, you know, inspire curiosity? How do we change, you know, the perspective or even, I wouldn't even say change the perspective, but shift someone's perspective on something that they believe they already know or already are a part of. And the last thing I'll say when it comes to storytelling is we hear this narrative a lot, and it's an important narrative, that it's more important to show than it is to tell when it comes to storytelling. Interestingly enough, I decided not to show anything for this podcast episode. You will literally get the title, you will get the show notes, and you will get the, the podcast image for this episode. And, and, and the reason I believe that is important is that showing is, can be essential, but what you don't show or what you omit from certain aspects of storytelling can also be part of that storytelling journey. And it's also kind of factors into that idea that I mentioned earlier around digital empathy and what we often overlook or forget when we judge people or we, we kind of go down a path are the things that we don't know, that we don't see, where we don't, aren't familiar with what, what brought someone to the conclusion that they are at. And I think for great storytellers and those that want to be you know, storytelling NFTs, it's more than having a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's more than having a, 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 you know, someone that we relate to and then there's a villain. There's more than just you know, building tension you know, on prior to the drop. I would actually put it out there right now that you know, for one of the things that we just really have to, to also factor in, and I want you to think about this, I actually believe the timing of the stories we tell are more important than the storytelling of our utility, the story within our roadmap, and in many cases, even the story within our art. Timing can really be everything. And I know for many of you, you're thinking, well, does that mean like right now during a bear market that it's a bad time? No. But what it does mean is that you have to have your story narrative your story framework set up to understand what the bear market means as far as emotional connection, our, our ability to trust when we are recognizing that the, you know, the price of eggs, which I just heard this on another, another podcast the other day, you know, like the price of eggs, I believe, is nine times more today in the United States than it was on January 1st of this year. Nine times more for a dozen eggs than it was a year before. And, and if you were thinking about how important timing is, it just comes into the fact that if you have built your project for a certain time frame or a certain timing of the environment or timing of your audience, if you change that timing, more than likely you need to change your story. 
In some cases, change how you build tension, change what emotional connections or emotional triggers that you're using. And I think that's the beauty of, of great storytelling NFTs, is they're not only not set on one story or being only telling stories in one way, rather they arm themselves with really a, a plethora of storytelling options and they leverage whichever one makes the most sense for their, their vision of success as well as what their audience is prepared for. We'll talk more storytelling and I'm sure storytelling will come up within the you know events that we're speaking at over the next couple of weeks. Excited to be heading uh, to Disney this week. I'll be there speaking um, at Reagan Social, Reagan Comms event, uh, the social media conference at Disney World. So it should be a lot of fun. I will com- come back and share some of the takeaways there from that audience. Uh, we, of course, will be at NFT London, uh, which can't wait to see everybody there uh, across the, the pond. Uh, and then uh, you know, we also have in between there, between NFT London and this Disney this week, we have uh, the event that is the sponsor of our podcast there, the Crypto Business Conference. October 9th to the 11th in San Diego, California. And it is put on by the team at Social Media Examiner. For those that aren't familiar with Social Media Examiner, they have one of the, if not the most popular podcast in all of social media. They happen to also, uh, Mike Stelzner, who is the the founder, also happens to have a massively successful podcast in this space, referred to as the Crypto Business Podcast. They happen to also be the, the founders and creators of Social Media Marketing World, the largest social media event uh, in the last many years, seven plus years. And I've had the honor and pleasure of not only attending the first year, but then speaking each year afterwards. And you are in for a treat for not only what does it mean to put on a great event, but also a great experience. And I actually think that's a, a great way to leave us on for this episode is that, you know, experiences are what we often crave and how those experiences are delivered is often connected to the stories that we tell, our ability to relate and connect with each other. And in many cases, that happens best at live events or on Twitter spaces or places where we can either look someone in their digital eyeballs or we can turn that handshake into hugs and, and selfies. And, and when you think about that, so much of this comes down to that key fundamental that we are all in the same business. We are all in the business of trust. And one could argue there is really no better way to deliver that message and build that trust than a great story. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. Day. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always... The show is-